0: From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival.
1: Hey, hey! welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. And we've got another great episode for you today. But before we get into it, if you like what you hear today, please subscribe to Film Forward on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for weekly episodes, where we not only interview LADFF filmmakers, we also interview filmmakers with new theatrical or streaming releases, and of course, we do our patented Gimme Three special episodes. But today, we're lucky enough to be joined by not one, but two incredible filmmakers from the powerful short film, Blue Moon. We've got director and producer Diliana Delcheva and writer and star Alex Franca. Thank you both for being here.
2: Thanks for having us, Nick. So
1: (laughs) So this is a very powerful and emotionally packed film. Alex, tell the audience about Blue Moon.
2: Okay, well, it is the story of a family who begins to unravel one evening as they kind of deal with the path that they want to take going forward in regards to the matriarch of the family, the mother having dementia or Alzheimer's. And there's a power struggle. There's a lot of conflict on which direction the family should take. Everybody kind of has their own idea of what's best. And so that's kind of one of the questions that we wanted to explore was what is best and who exactly gets to decide that.
1: It's always the uncomfortable thing to approach when you're dealing with like mortality, which is obviously like, you know, when you're dealing with a death in the family or an upcoming, like, you know, significant health issues, it's like you're dealing with it on an emotional level, which is like painful and a struggle enough. But then there's all these logistical Uh things and questions that have to be taken into consideration, which are like the last thing that you really want to be dealing with when you're trying to deal with something as painful as this. I think you do a beautiful job of, you know, fitting that dilemma into a 20-minute short, but talk to us about trying to encapsulate that in the writing process.
2: Thanks. Yeah. You know, it's tricky. I think as I've become an adult, I've started to see my own parents not necessarily as these authoritative figures anymore, but almost equals or peers or fallible people, if Mm -hmm. you will. And so I think that that's a struggle too, that sometimes we have as children, when you see your parent or parents struggling with something and You have to be the one to fix it, or you have to be the one to kind of take control or have the logical approach. Because you're right, at the end of the day, when it's your mother or your father, the person who's, you know, wiped your tears, taking care of your boo-boos all your life, and all of a sudden now, they're the ones who seem lost and it's just a really difficult situation, and so in the writing process, you know, we have the two sisters, and I feel like they really represent the dichotomy of choices and and reactions to being faced with something as difficult as almost having to parent your parents. We have Annie, who is a little bit more logical; she seems to be the stronger of the two, and she just wants to fix it right away. Like she has the way that she wants to fix it, and it's the right way, and it's the only way. And then we have Celeste. The younger sister who's really struggling with the emotional relationship that she has with both of her parents. And at the end of the day, on top of it all, you know, we have a very strong patriarch of the family, but we have a mother who is no longer recognizable. And that's just a really difficult thing, I think, for anyone. It's a heartbreaking situation to go through and have someone that you've known your entire life no longer know you, no longer be recognizable to you. It was a lot of things to throw into the mix. And luckily, because Deliana is so amazing and was able to kind of streamline a lot of my like tangents that I wanted to go on, um, she really helped kind of focus the story so that we could do it under 20 minutes, which was really important to us.
1: And Diliana, talk to us about your first reactions when you read this incredible script and what your approach was going to be once you were greenlit to make it.
0: The first time I read the script, I was really surprised and taken aback by the ending. It made a huge impression on me and it sort of got me thinking about all these difficult decisions that family members have to make and all the families around the world that have to go through these things. Is these are like ordinary issues that people deal with. And so the first thing that came to me is we have to make sure that this family dynamic comes off authentic and real. And that was kind of the most important thing to me was making sure that these characters really came off the page and felt like they had history and felt like they had these authentic relationships that were different. And I think we really accomplished that, you know, with the short. But also, I felt like in order to accomplish this impactful ending, all of those relationships had to be really authentic. That was the main thing I focused on.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I I agree with you. I think that's one of the most impressive things about the film is how lived in the characters and the family feels we really get a sense of like this family history and these relationships without you ever having to like explicitly say it or show it, you know, like the sisters obviously have this kind of like a little combative, like, yin and yang relationship Mm -hmm. and you can tell like who the favorite is of the dad and you suspect (laughs) that the mom is the all this stuff that you don't say but is like is is just felt in the atmosphere alex since you were also in the film talk to us about working with Diliana And your co-stars to kind of like just create this dynamic on the page and put it into the performances.
2: Well, I think we had a really unique situation because so Taylor, the actress who plays Celeste, is also my co-writer. I had written this story. I had written this originally as like a thirty-five page script, and we were just kind of you know starting to work together and, and wanted to see if we could create something together. And I reminded her of this and I said, you know, there are two sisters. They seem really similar to who we are as individuals and we could really lean into that. Do you want to see if we can make this film? And she loved it. And we met via an acting class and our acting coach is actually Pat Skipper, the actor who plays our father, Frank. Larvell is in our class. He's one of our good friends. And then the actress who plays Gia, Lizzie Fabie, is also one of my best friends. So as we were writing it once we kind of had taken it from the initial draft, we were able to really lean into our friends' strengths as actors and who they are in their own lives and really be able to make them real and and lean into that authenticity as Diliana wanted to do. So I kind of, when I said, hey, Dee, here's my script with Taylor. Like, do you like it? Do you want to be a part of it? By the way, it's pretty much already cast. Obviously, you have final say, but here's who we liked. Um, and fortunately, she liked everyone. But we were just so lucky because I think the whole thing really could have fallen apart if we hadn't had such a strong actor playing Frank. That could have gone many different ways. I feel really lucky that Pat decided that he wanted to be a part of this project. and I think that that really helped because we all knew each other for years. We were able to just be comfortable with each other on day one. And when you're making a short film in, I think the three days that we made it, when you don't have to fake those things, it it just helps. Like you're already starting off at a seven instead of a zero, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Dee, what was it like for you to kind of come into that built-in family, which is like great, but it's also, it's like, okay, I, now I got to get in on this family <laughs> dynamic, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I was a little bit intimidated at the beginning, thinking like, okay, they all have this history together. What is it going to be like? Am I going to be able to sort of mold people and kind of get more out of it? Or, you know, how is that going to work? But honestly, everybody was so amazing and collaborative and willing to just reach for like the best possible character that they could create. So it was really a very seamless painless and actually a beautiful experience. I think we had maybe one or two Zoom rehearsals together. And, you know, we just kind of had to workshop the dialogue a little bit and like find the nuances within the scenes. And in my opinion, everything just went so well and so beautiful because everybody listened and everybody wanted the best for the film. And I really do think that the fact that the cast was already a little family already just from meeting and being in class together, it was an advantage.
2: And can I just jump in and say that Diliana has been just one of my most favorite people to ever work with. She's so collaborative and she's so kind in her approach as a director, which as an actor and as a writer, she never made any idea that Taylor and I would kind of throw out, seem dumb or stupid, even if it probably was. Um, she was just really great and kind in her approach of saying, okay, well, maybe let's try this or, oh, that's interesting. But what if we do this? And I think when you have someone at the helm of your ship who just easily doesn't demand respect, but just gets it because of the way that she approaches the work and the way that she approaches life, it's, it's great. You, you want to work for her. You want to work with her. You want to be the best for her and really bring the vision of her story to life in the best way that you can. And so I just feel like we were so lucky to have gotten this amazing group of people together and then to all be led by Diliana. I think that's really like why the magic happened.
0: Alex, you're making me too. You know I love you. (laughs) (laughs) That was
1: so nice. Um, Speaking of a vision and another great person at the helm, I want to talk a little bit about Elizabeth Hanks, your cinematographer. The film is shot so beautifully and in a very immersive way. Dee, talk to us about kind of creating your aesthetic and your look with Liz.
0: Yeah, Elizabeth, another extremely collaborative person. Also, I'm very lucky that I was introduced to Elizabeth by Alex. So I hadn't worked with Elizabeth before, which is also a unique situation. However, her and I immediately, I mean, within our first conversation, I felt like we were on the same page about the look and the feel. And one of the most important things to me was the camera movement, the cinematography. Everything felt like a part of this world and not standing out in any way. I wanted to be a fly on the wall in all of these scenes. And sort of let the story unfold. No cool moves unless, you know, just for the sake of them being cool moves. No, you know, extraordinary lighting or anything that would pull attention away from the plot and these characters. And Elizabeth understood that immediately. And everything she did was just to enhance the mood and tone and vibe of this heavy story. (laughs) Heavy dramatic story. So, um, yeah, so from, from the beginning, her and I, you know, we, again, we spent hours on zoom calls. This is still COVID times where we would just go shot by shot, scene by scene, and just talk about like what we're trying to accomplish in every scene in terms of the mood and in terms of kind of what the most important parts of the story are. And Elizabeth just nailed it. Not to mention that this woman is incredible. She, a lot of our film was also handheld and she just did long hours carrying this heavy camera. I think also Elizabeth was pregnant at the time. So it was just (laughs) so impressive. I didn't hear a word, like she never complained a single time. Like she is just the most amazing (laughs) female DP that I've worked with. And it was um, yeah, it was just such a wonderful, easy, easy process working with her.
1: That's great to hear. And yeah, I mean, she does really, really beautiful work and uh, it it really pops off the screen.
0: Not to mention, if I could just add, this is an independent short film. So we are not dealing with unlimited budget. So she is like dealing with very, very small amounts of lighting equipment and kind of moving things herself and having to be creative. One example I'll give is the shot of Frank and his wife on the bed, you know, I had this vision for a shot over the bed that kind of moves with Frank and we didn't really have the proper equipment to do that. And Elizabeth came up with a wonderful solution that worked great that, you know, I feel like a lot of people would have been like, you know what, you don't have the money to pay for, you know, the crane or whatever we need you to do to do that. But she came up with something and it I think it looks beautiful and um, it's that ingenuity and, and willingness to just go to the next level that she brought to set.
1: Shout out to Elizabeth Hanks if you're listening. To this.
0: <laughs> we love you, Liz. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My final question for each of you is, you know, because it's such a emotional and honest film that deals with something that 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 so many of us have dealt with, creatively and, and personally, what's your final takeaway from the project now that it's done and it's being screened at festivals and stuff.
2: Do you, do you want me to go first? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Go well, I think so. It was a very emotional journey for me writing this film. Taylor and I really honed it in during COVID when it felt like we were living in a country that stopped taking care of one another and stopped listening to one another. So it has those really big kind of comparables, right? And then it has the smaller familiar ones, like you said, Nick, where unfortunately people are put in positions every single day where they don't have the financial resources, they don't have, I mean, the mental health resources to be able to deal with these struggles that are just going to continue to happen to us as we age or as as new things come into our lives. And so, you know, it's interesting. I got into filmmaking because I thought I wanted to say something and I, I still do. But to me, this movie was more important about asking the questions, mm-hmm. about just saying... What do we do in these situations? Why don't we talk to each other? How can we move forward as a small family unit, as a big, you know, cultural unit, as a big society, as a country and, and just start listening to one another and, and being empathetic and taking care of one another and trying to figure out a helpful solution that helps everyone. You know, there was a lot going on with COVID about the neglect of the caregivers of the world. And that's really kind of what this story is at the end of the day is people are trying their best to take care of themselves, to take care of their loved ones. And sometimes it's just not enough. And so I'm really proud that this film hopefully makes people think it may not be the ending that everyone wants, but unfortunately it's a realistic ending. This movie is based on real life events that have actually happened to people. This is a very true circumstance that happened to a friend of a friend's family and then upon researching when taylor and i were researching statistics we found newspaper articles where the exact thing had had repeated itself and that just made us really sad and angry and we just wanted to know why why when people feel backed into a corner they do the things that they do and so that's really that's all that it is i just i just love to explore what it means to be human in all different circumstances and how we can make this uh, experience of life easier or better for other people. Just to bring maybe these darker moments into the light, so that
0: other people can just see them. Wow, Alex, that was so well <laughs> said. I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, um, are you finished yes, no, or do you have some? <laughs> okay, so Blue Moon. You know, it, it it's. I'm trying to think of like all of the things that it means to me. um you know, adding to everything that that Alex said, which are obviously conversations that we've all had throughout making of the film, all of these heavy subjects, you know, talking about it over and over again, you know, what would what would the audience feel? Is the audience gonna judge Annie, our main you know female character? Is the audience gonna feel for Pat, our you know, patriarch of the family at the end of the film? like all of these, questions that we had to discuss that are very complex because human beings are complex everybody has their own experiences and and everybody watches movies and has a different takeaway so to me this film creatively was a challenge because I had to find a point of view and stick to it even though I could see every other character's point of view. And so I had to really, really focus on what do I want to say with this film and how do I want people to feel at the end and what type of story am I trying to tell here? And the answer to that question for me is that I wanted to tell a love story. So Blue Moon to me was a love story between Pat and his wife, a husband and wife. And the devastation and the tragedy and the challenges that come between them and their family when they have to deal with something so very real as dementia. So to me, the challenge was finding this point of view, sticking to it, and as a filmmaker, finding a way to also not not be afraid of what the audience is going to think when they watch the film that has always as a filmmaker been my challenge is like, well, I can't appease everyone. I just have to tell the story from the point of view that I want to tell it. And that's really what makes stories strong. Right. Absolutely. But that was my challenge with blue moon. That was a big takeaway for me creatively. It's just kind of like finding this point of view and sticking to it and like the process that it took me to get to that point. And personally, I just have so much love for my family. And just kind of diving into this family dynamic. And um, I'm the only child, actually, I don't have any siblings, but just realizing that family is there for you, you know? And communication is so important. And sometimes that gets lost in all of the little bickering or superficial things that we deal with. Or sometimes when tough things happen in life and we have to make really hard decisions, it's easy to sort of like get lost in that. But the most important thing is communication and love. And I know this is starting to sound very cheesy, but Blue Moon kind of reminded me of, it made me look at my husband differently and be like, you know what, We're, we've we got each other, okay? You know, it just kind of gave me that feeling and I and I think about it over and over again. That's what it means to me personally. It's such a, it's also my absolute favorite film that I've done to this point, so... I'm just very, very proud of it. Proud of everyone and the process and just the final piece. So,
1: yeah, you should that. both be very, very <laughs> proud of it. It's a beautiful film. It's, it's a very special film, and um, well, we're really we're honored to be screening it. My friends at home, come see it with us. Blue Moon. It's screening at the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival, and it's screened in August 19th as a part of the Love, Lust, Lost block. Tickets are available right now at LADFF. Dot com. don't miss it. We're going to take a quick break everybody but when we return, Diliana and Alex are going to help us out with our favorite segment. Give me 3. We'd like to take a minute to talk about LADFF sponsor E Minutes. E Minutes is a corporate entertainment law firm that handles the corporate minutes for more than 38,000 entities involved in the entertainment industry. Like last year, they're sponsoring an award with the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival called the Emerging Filmmaker Award. You can learn more about our partnership with e Arts and their mission to amplify the voices of underrepresented storytellers at eminutes.com forward slash arts. That's eminutes.com forward slash arts. All right, we are back here on Film Forward, and we're joined by Deliana Delcheva and Alex Franca. Yeah. And they are the makers of the powerful film Blue Moon, everybody, which is screening with LADFF. You're going to come check it out with us. I know you are. But right now, they're going to hook us up with three suggestion films or shows that have inspired them, inspired their work. So uh, who wants to go first here?
0: I'll let Alex go first. She's doing great on (laughs) the first.
2: Well, yes. Thank you. So this film was, like I had mentioned earlier, it was inspired by true events a little bit, the main idea. But as uh, Taylor and I were really honing the story and honing the script, we were both really inspired by the TV show Secession. Now, I just want to say, I do not think my writing is anywhere near as amazing as the TV show Secession. That show is just a phenomenon, but we really loved the power struggle within the family and the unrelenting patriarch and his non-ability to really listen to his children and maybe take in suggestions or also kind of step down from, from his power. So it's not quite the same situation, obviously, as our film Blue Moon. But I just thought that, you know, the writers and creators of that show really gave us such distinct point of views and the children are all different. They're very messy which i love i love a messy story i love a messy film because that's very reflective of real life people change their minds people people speak too soon people people say things without thinking And then some other characters sit in silence for very long and you're worried about what they're thinking. So really, that was something that really inspired me as I was, as I was trying to really hone in the script. And I just loved the, the power play that that show gives us. So. Secession, get, watch it if you have it, people. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> I have not watched it. I need to watch it. Up uh,
2: um, yes, you're going to be addicted though. So you have to set aside many, many hours because you're that, just going to want to press play, press play, press play.
1: That's the thing is the regular listeners of this show know that I don't watch a lot of television mm. because I watch uh, so many films. You know, like I have to watch a lot of films for the podcast, obviously. But then I like I have a quota of like the number of movies I need to watch a month. It's very nerdy. Yeah. Yeah, but but then like if I get into a show, then it's like, oh shoot! Well, there goes my, there goes my movie watching for the month. (laughs) So um, I think
2: you have to make an exception for this. I know, I need to. It is a very special show. I mean, from the writing to the acting to the cinematography, the direction. It's um, it's just say just pretend you're watching like ten movies for the one you know three season show that's out right now because the fourth seasons coming up so
1: yeah no right. i know i need to i need to make an exception and not only for this show i mean there's like so many shows that are like so like cinematic and like a beautiful and like tremendous out yeah. right now so i just i need to uh you know what there needs to be more hours in a day can one of you guys work <laughs> on that
0: yes oh yeah yeah <laughs> definitely but don't don't sleep now. Yeah. what yeah, are you yeah. doing
1: <laughs> T
0: um, and I are moms. We get it. We need
1: more hours in the
2: day, too. <laughs> oh,
1: my gosh. Uh, yeah. See, you guys have actual reasons. <laughs> I'm like, I want to watch more movies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we want to watch
1: more movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Succession. It's uh, everybody's talking about it. It's, you know, so they're saying it's one of the best written shows of all time. I got to check it out. If you haven't checked it out, check it out with me. It's available on HBO Max. Uh, Deliana, let's, let's get one from you here.
0: Okay, well, I have, so the movie Prisoners actually came up very early on in our conversations uh, with regards to mood and mm. tone. And so it's uh, the 2013 film Prisoners. I don't know, have you yeah, seen it, Nick? Yeah. It's a good one. It's a revenge story, but it is about family how far are you willing to go what a father is willing to do for his daughter the tone really of the movie, of the film was what inspired a lot of like the low light sort of gritty cinematography in blue moon i know a lot of images from prisoners were in our mood boards initially that's that and then the another film and this should come as no surprise is the movie the father which also deals with dementia. The story is told very differently than Blue Moon, but what really inspired me in that film was the relationship between the father and the daughter and the complexities and the, just sort of how frustrating and challenging it can be for family members to deal with something like dementia. Again, Blue Moon is very different than the father, but the relationship between the father and daughter and the power struggle there, and yet the love and the commitment to each other was what what inspired me for for Blue Moon and for really for the for the father and daughter relationship between Frank and Annie in our film. That was kind of a, a, a big inspiration for me.
1: Yeah, the father. I mean, that's. I think that's probably up there with one of my favorite films of the last. Uh decade. It's really, what's so heartbreaking about it, for those who haven't seen it, and this is not giving anything away, is it's told through the perspective of the person who's actually going through dementia. There's a, a very interesting blend of sets and characters, and you're not really sure who's who or where you are. It doesn't really focus on narrative. It kind of focuses on like this, like lived experience of like, going through this character's uh, mind as it's, as it's deteriorating and it, it is, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and, yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's, I mean, there's no other word for it. It's, it's brilliant. And it's, it evokes uh, such emotion and it, and that's another ending that, God damn almighty. Uh, <laughs>
0: not, not, a, not, not an easy film to rewatch. But yes, it is just because you could, I'm sure every time you watch it, you could discover new things, but man, it is emotionally just, I I remember being a wreck at the end. Um, yeah.
1: Three incredible works of art. Thank you, ladies, for suggesting them. Once again, congratulations to both of you on on an incredible film. Blue Moon is the film, and you can see it with the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival, August 19th. That's a Friday night. Tickets are available right now at LADFF.com. Alex, Deliana, thank you so much for being on the show with me today.
2: Thank you for having us, Nick. It was so great to catch up with you and thanks for having us as a part of your amazing film festival. We're so
0: excited. Yes, Nick. We love you.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Love you too, ladies. Love all you at home. Thank you all for listening to Film Forward and we'll catch you next time. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward and you'll hear us next time.